You're listening to the Strange Fruit Podcast, where we give you the black perspective on topics that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Strange Fruit Podcast with your co-host, Nikki Brooks. Nikki, say what's up. What's up, people? All right. Nikki Brooks is in the house, and I am Bishop Green, our other co-host. Uh, he may uh, join us later on in the podcast. I'm not exactly sure, but he did have some uh, some things he had to tie uh, tie up and, and do uh, while we're recording this podcast. I just want to go ahead and just let all of our listeners know we got a very special guest on on the line with us on the Strange Fruit Podcast tonight. Uh, his name is Philip Dunn. He is the CEO of A Seat at the Table, LLC. And uh, we're going to be speaking to you basically on, on um, how, we can, uh, how we can empower our communities uh, financially and, and how we can build better communities uh, financially and, and, and economically. Uh, Philip. If you don't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself and, and tell them what the, a seat at the table uh, is all about. Thank you, Bishop, and thank you, Nikki, for having me. First of all, let me congratulate you all on just an amazing podcast that you started in Strange Fruit and uh, you know a powerful play on words that you have, but I, I think that you all have something that's very, very positive, very impactful that our community can benefit from. So thank you all for, for having me here today. Um, Thanks, Philip. Man, mighty welcome. All right. So, so I want to talk to you all about uh, To the Table. Uh, actually started out as a seat at the table, so you are correct. Effectively, we started out as a seat at the table, but then we realized that we wanted more. Uh, we wanted more than just a seat at someone else's table. And we wanted to create a table where consumers could go and find value from Black-owned businesses. And Black-owned businesses could provide value to all consumers. And yeah. you could come to our table uh, to do all of those things. But ultimately, we started from a, uh, a social media uh, Facebook group, a social media focus group. And it's called the Black Business Focus Group, uh, which mm-hmm. sits right alongside to the table. But ultimately, we were created to, to build a stronger black community alongside our brothers and sisters from other American communities. And we also wanted to, you know, identify, you know, high potential black owned businesses and, and their owners and, and their consumers for the purpose of bringing everybody together to promote black owned business success and, and uh, black consumer independence. So I, I think we've done a pretty good job of that over the last five years. And, uh, and I think that's why we're still here today. Yes, wow. you have. Yes, you have. I've actually, um, I joined the black business focus group um, and I have uh, supported in there what I really um well, I joined around the time of uh, Philando Castile's um, um, murder. And so uh, the summer that Alton Sterling and Philando Castile were killed. And I just had felt this like, okay, I feel like, you know, we keep talking about a revolution. We just need a renaissance. Like, I am, mm. I need to figure out how to take care of my family and my community in spite of where we are. And for me, it was, I was looking for a place to refer me to black owned business because I felt so violated that I just, I didn't, 
honestly, just the the day that I found the group, I just didn't want to shop. I wanted mm-hmm. to shop with my people. Mm-hmm. That's just the. I didn't want to be around. Uh, you know, at that moment, around uh, people when I was hurting, and so um, found the group, and then made my, made a challenge to myself to continue to uh, to intentionally put a focus and emphasis on on buying black and to purposely undo some of the negative connotations, things that I didn't know were negative at the time and were anti-black. Mm-hmm. I decided to purposely undo a lot of those things, all of that. Well, you know, I must be married black on beats. They better, you know, I'm not gonna... <laughs> all that little stuff, you know, and um, it really came into some deep, you know, uh, understandings of, of some things and, you know, succession and things like that. Just that I, I just came into. And so, um, but the, the group, has been there along the way in the Houston area for me to facilitate that that um, need and that desire that I have to intentionally um, uh, support. Mm-hmm. No, it, it, and I'm glad you said that, Nikki. You know, taking back looking looking you know back at uh, the summer of I believe it was two, 2016 when Philando Castillo was murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people find the Black Business Focus Group after events like the shooting of Philando Castillo, after yeah. what we saw with Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor. The emotion mm-hmm. drives us to look inward. But yeah. you need groups like the Black Business Focus Group to the table to keep those people in place long after the emotion has faded, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, we go, you know, a couple of months and then there's another shooting and we're back in our feelings again. And, and, and we want that, right? We want that, that uh, cohesiveness with our community. But oftentimes we get caught up in, you know, this capitalist society and, and we find ourselves doing the same old things over and over again. But the Black Business Focus Group is here to help change behaviors, attitudes and beliefs about black owned businesses so that we, we don't just buy black out of protest but we buy yeah. it out of habit and process. And so we start to, you know, put more dollars back into the black community as a result of having the systematic and disciplined approach that we have it to the table. Wow. Oh, I'm so glad you use that term systematic and disciplined because for me and my family, that's what it's been, you know, historically, although my grandfather's an entrepreneur, we believe in respectability and there's this narrative out there that fights against, um, that tells us that we're somehow being racist or we're not being, you know, colorblind mm-hmm. when we intentionally support Black-owned business. And, you know, there's also the scene we buy into about a Black-owned businesses being inferior, not because of actual, you know, uh, circumstances or situations or access, but because they're black, right, owned. right. And so, um, you know, again, just the the group has been a uh, very helpful for helpful for me to remove some of those barriers mm-hmm. and to intentionally uh, continue to uh, to find a way to support and it has helped me become unapologetic about it yes where it used to be something i was actually honestly a little ashamed of um and you know there's a history there but but uh you know thought that i just was not supposed to do that that it wasn't you know it was being you know was being wasn't being colorblind and so it's it's helped me Mm. a lot 
or, or reverse racism is a term that folks like to throw around. That's it. But, but, you know, the, the counter to that, you know, I, I, I use that term systematic and discipline. I learned that a long time ago in corporate America is applying systematic and discipline processes. And uh, the reason I say systematic and discipline is we have to counter what has been done to our community over the last couple of centuries. And, right. you know, we've, we've arrived at this condition through systematic and disciplined, you know, uh, barricades that have been put up, you know, yes. to hinder our progress. And so there's this old saying in East Texas, I don't know if you guys say it anywhere else, but, you know, the master's tools can undo the master's house. And mm. if we start applying systematic and disciplined approaches and, and, and oftentimes the same ways to, to dismantle, you know, systemic uh, racism and white supremacy, you know, we can outsmart a lot of these folks that mean us harm. And so uh, what, what the Black Business Focus Group with the t- t- to the table uh, is designed to do is really get Black folks in particular and our allies uh, flexing that buy Black muscle, what I call the buy Black muscle. And so, Nikki, mm-hmm. when you say that you're intentional, uh, one of the things that I encourage our folks to do is buy Black three times a month. You know, it's the same thing. You go to the gym, you do reps and, and you do, you know, sets. And over time, you become stronger, you become fitter and, and hopefully uh, healthier. Now, if, if we all, you know, all 17,500 uh, members of us that are in the Black Business Focus Group and to the table, if we all bought Black three times a month, think of the number of transactions that we put back into Black-owned businesses. And so it's, right. it's that type of systematic and disciplined approach that's going to get us out of the current condition that we're in. Wow. Wow. You're so you're so right, right, Philip. That um and I'm gonna ask you about the biggest challenge that you find when consume with consumers, but um I'll share mine mm-hmm. and then I'll you know I'll ask you about yours, the 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 or the big challenge you find as a professional with consumers when it comes to supporting black businesses. Because I know for myself and you know, other members of my family, one of the things that the traumas, the public traumas did was uh, it was the actually the behavior of our counterparts the the that made me start to question so many things that I um I upheld and things that I actually you know accepted as a level of ridicule so it was kind of like okay now if you're gonna ridicule me I mean I'm 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 being ridiculed for uh, an accused of reverse racism in the face of people who are being blatantly racist uh so i think that i need to reject that and it's kind of it kind of goes back starts with let me gain some of my level of respect back and the only outside of advocacy and things like that that i do what i had in my hand that's most attached to my respect level was my money right right and it for some reason i think it's tied into that that whole idea of wait a minute why am i spending my money um that's almost spiritual to us because we work hard for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we in work, places, we work twice as hard for it, Nikki. Go, go there ahead. you go. go ahead. We work twice as hard for it. We deal with twice as much. Um, yet we have no problem with condition to taking our dollar into places where it, they don't respect us. And then we we take it on. We go out and we deal with that. We don't even, you know, withhold it, even though it brings us all this level of baggage. And so anyway, mm-hmm. that that's kind of, for me, I had to overcome some of those things and um, and sit down and really take a look at, uh, at the state of, you know, Black-owned businesses 
black America recognized that nobody else was out there apologizing for shopping and supporting their own community members mm-hmm. um, right. and realized, why are we? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I've been to right. so many quinceañeras that are like oh, totally community sponsored. Oh man. Yeah. Without a second thought. Yeah. Right. Right. There's right. There's never right. a question about it. There's never a challenge to that. Mm-hmm. Why would I accept a challenge in that area? So anyway, I, I would love to hear from you. What is the biggest challenge that you found with what you do with uh, with consumers it's, when it comes to supporting Black businesses? And I, I'm glad you brought this question up because I, I think that every other community. Uh, they have a code that they operate with. And I'll share a story later in this podcast about the Asian community. Uh, But they have no problem with saying, I'm going to look for this product or service first in my community. And if I can't find it, then I'll go outside my community to find it. And I'm going to try to work to ensure that someone in my community can provide this, this service. This is every other, you know, community, but the non-black community. But here's a couple of other challenges that we have, and they're mainly around our attitudes, behaviors, and beliefs about ourselves and about value. And let's start with the definition of value. Value is basically the the regard that something is is held to deserve or the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. And value for for us, a lot of black consumers, and I don't want to speak for everybody, is we typically take our dollar that we've worked twice as hard for and that we put up Mm -hmm. with twice as much for, and we'll go and we'll buy a product or service. And then that's pretty much the end of it. We'll consume that product or service. And we've assumed that we've received value. But we need to start to look beyond the product or service to see how that dollar is coming back into our community, how that dollar is supporting our community. So if I go wow. buy a pair of J's, you know, it probably does me no good. You know, if you take a look at the people that are selling the J's and you find out that they don't hire black people. Uh, at the rate that is reflective of our community, that they don't uh, uh, purchase from black suppliers at the rate that is reflective of our business community, that they don't invest in our community at the rate that they invest in others, that, you know, so if if that dollar is being used to only buy the product or service and is doing nothing more, then we're shooting ourselves in the foot and we're doing what I call funding our own oppression. Because we're effectively paying people now wow. not to hire us. We're paying people mm. not to do business from Black-owned businesses. We're paying people right. not to invest in our communities. So it's the attitude, the behavior, and the belief about value that I think is the biggest challenge. And then trying to get through all the noise. You know, we got to get through WAP. You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Cardi and Oh, don't get, don't get, don't get, don't get Nikki started on WAP. We got to get through all of those things that are distracting <laughs> us. You right. Know, in order to really break through to folks. Now, luckily, folks like me, you, Bishop, we've had that awakening. And we know now that our dollar can actually be more powerful than a gun if we're smart enough to take the $1.3 trillion that we spend annually. And we say, you know what? What happens if I give this to the 2.1 million black owned businesses instead of the businesses that don't hire us, instead of the businesses that don't uh, purchase from us? What does that do for our community? And so I think once we break through, you know, all the noise and really show black people what we can do with our dollars, we get that challenge solved. You know, we change the game for everybody. Wow. Wow. I think the biggest challenge I have, though, um, Philip, is that, you know, where I'm at, you know, there aren't a lot of local black businesses 
here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even though, you know, normally the minority is for blacks is 11 to 13%, you know, usually in, in cities and towns, but here it's about six or seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, I mean, we just don't have a lot of um, local owners here that are black. Mm-hmm. And it's very, I mean, we, me and my wife, we tried to go, I think a solid week or two out here where we were just going to just strictly buy black. And you know what, man, we honestly could not do it. We could mm-hmm. not do it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of the businesses, you know, were closing early and I mean, things like that. I, and, you know, and I'm not, I'm not down talking it, but it was difficult for us to commit here locally like that, you know, and, and, and you know, for things that you need right away, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, how, how would you say people like myself, uh, get get in the you know get in the trenches how how is it that i can do better with that because i honestly want to mm-hmm. it's just that it's not available right or so, you know it, 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 really quick in defense of i won't go down the rabbit hole i promise but in defense of WAP, now some of these <laughs> black owned businesses are getting money as a result of that right. so let's just leave it at that <laughs> well you know i we nick it nick it we got the WAP. You know, we yes, got the web right knows. here. We got a wonderful yeah. anointed podcast hey, right here. Hey, there you That's, go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That's what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we all Christian. We we know yeah. what's up. Uh, no, yeah, but Philip, I, how, how how do we how yes, do we get I'm back in the trenches that way? Because honestly, like I say, people like myself, there are people just like me, they're like, hey, you know, they come out here to, you know, to West Texas and, you know, they're from Houston. They're from all over, you know, uh, all related jobs, you know, and they're from all over and they're like, uh, how can we, you know, p- keep participating with that? I mean, cause they come from that, you know, they, they, they participate that way. Like you say, it's a, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, you have to re basically be reborn in right. the way that you, in the way that you think. And out here it's um, for me, personally and i don't mean to put myself all into this podcast but for me personally it's like it's hard for me to commit that way mm-hmm. because i don't have uh direct access to a lot of you know things that essentials that we need mm-hmm. like right away you know so for us how would you say that we combat that because we got to find a way now, now you know there yeah, yeah it, it, there's there's a couple of things that you could do and I, and I appreciate you bringing that up i mean if you take a look at the top 10, 20 largest cities population uh, for African-Americans, you know, you're not going to find any cities in West Texas that, right. you know, are in the right. top 10 or top 20 uh, listing. But for the few that you do have, you want to make sure that you continue throughout the year supporting those. And, and you're mm-hmm. still flexing that by black muscle. But now mm-hmm. what you also do is as, as, as a good, you know, uh, community member is you draw more people to those businesses and you mm-hmm. go to your white brothers and sisters and Asian brothers and sisters. And, you know, let's just say if there's a black restaurant, you invite them to that restaurant and, and you make sure that they bring their dollars to that restaurant. You make sure that they are aware of that restaurant. And, and what happens over time is that these business owners, if they're savvy business owners, they can then take those dollars and flip them and start other businesses. And then mm-hmm. now you go from six to seven to, you know, nine or 10 and from nine to 10 to, you know, 11 or 12. And then where you were and, and that makes you an advocate. So you're you know, where you're not just a consumer, you're also an advocate 
for black owned mm-hmm. businesses and black owned businesses need advocates just as much as they need consumers. Bring our allies wow. to black owned businesses wow. as much That's as powerful. you can. And those yes. dollars now, they then, you know, instead of them going elsewhere to mainstream businesses, they're flowing through to our businesses, into our community. We're able to now hire people from our community. We're able to, you know, send children to college if they want to go to college. Or, you know, if, if you just want your children to work in the family business, now you can afford to pay them and not have them work outside the home, sending them somewhere else to find a job. So yes. being, a, being a good advocate and then also looking online, you know, for some of those things that you need. I guarantee yes. you, if, if you took one of your grocery receipts or if you took your bank statement and just, you know, find one or two items and, you know, take 30 minutes a month just to do some research to see where you can find a black owned product or service online and then add mm-hmm. that to your your regular uh, monthly purchase. And you might have to pay gotcha. a little bit for shipping, but that's just, you know, a couple of different ways, being an advocate and then also going online to see where you can find products and services made by black owned businesses. Man, right on, right on with that. You know, that's funny you said that because I, I actually have a neighbor that has his own soul food restaurant and I uh, not only support him, I've designed his logo for him uh, free of charge because, you know, we just take care of each other. And, and I've all, you know, I always encourage anyone that comes out this way to taste the food because the food is delicious. Yeah. No joke. Shout out, shout out to Scotty's soul food restaurant there. But um, yeah, um, that's that was the, the main question I had there. Uh, Nikki, did you? have any other i know you had a line of questions here there's one i want to ask but i'm gonna let you ask it (laughs) no go right ahead bishop go right go ahead well okay i will go ahead and ask this question because this 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 one is the one that had me the most intrigued and nikki once again she came up with this wonderful question so she asked how does bank lending coming come into play you know we we know there's a history of discrimination and lack of equitable funding for black business plans. So what suggestions uh, do you have for the black entrepreneur to keep moving forward uh, to overcome issues? Now, now this is a a particularly challenging, uh, you know, issue for a lot of black owned businesses across the United States. Uh, As you know, with the pandemic, uh, I believe it was quoted some 47% of black owned businesses will not survive uh, the pandemic. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're seeing folks, you know, getting taken out, you know, th- this COVID was a haymaker to black owned businesses because we're, we're already struggling with getting uh, customers through the door. So where, where we also have a challenge is with obtaining financing, whether that's equity financing, that's where you have someone invest in your company, or if you have a debt financing where you go to a bank or some lender to borrow money. The number one thing that black owned businesses need to focus on, first and foremost, keeping their costs down, but then also working to increase their revenues, working to get those transactions, working to make sure that folks are coming through the door, because that's what banks are looking for. They want to see, you know, uh, if I loan you one million dollars, how are you going to service this debt? How are you going to repay this loan? However, they're looking at that across any lender. However, for Black-owned borrowers, we often have the additional hurdles that a lot of other business owners don't have. And so there's a story, mm-hmm. an article out there right now, a gentleman, I believe, in Alabama, uh, yeah. who, you know, he, he very well off, very well to do. Uh, and he went to eight banks and was denied yeah. by eight banks. He wanted to go out and buy some of the local buildings in that particular community, renovate them, 
and then turn them right. into some commercial property, put businesses in them, et cetera, and, and start a business. However, uh, he was given the runaround and, and they devalued the property so, so low to where he couldn't even qualify for a loan. Yes. Now, yes. now here's, the, here's wow. the problem with this, Nikki, is that, you know, we don't even have our own banks. There's probably about 18 or 20 black owned banks throughout the uh, yes. United States. Yes. And so we're, we're caught in a situation where we're still under systemic racism, uh, white supremacy, and then we're underrepresented in financial institutions in our community. So the, the resolution to this is to really focus in on the revenues and growth through internal organic means where you're relying on customer revenues to fund your growth. And then once you become strong enough, uh, no, no bank will, will turn you down, but you've got to be financially, you got to be financially sound, meaning you got to have money coming in, uh, you know, uh, almost without fail, uh, because they really count on those cash flows to determine uh, what's going to be a good borrower. That's funny. That's funny. You, uh, you brought up the, that, uh, that guy, I believe his name is Brian Rice. And, Brian Rice, uh, yes. you know, in, in that, in that article, um, I read about, uh, some of the, uh, challenges he faced. And, and one of the statistics that I, I need our listeners to hear and, 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 and jot this down if you need to, but basically stated that, uh, properties in black neighborhoods are priced 23% lower. That's almost a quarter. Then their equivalents in white areas, an average of forty eight thousand per home. Wow. Now, I mean, it's you know, they try to hoodwink us and tell us that, oh no, we're not we're not doing any of this redlining and, and things of that nature. I mean there there's mm-hmm. so many Past tricks to business, the trade. Commercial real estate too. Yep. Yes, exactly. I mean, uh Nikki Nikki pointed out a couple of podcasts ago basically how they do it. You know, grandma needs her roof fixed. <laughs> she goes and pies for a loan and they they won't give her the loan now she she's been paying on this home you know for years Mm -hmm. and they they can see that she's consistent and that she's stable enough to you know finance it but they won't do it Mm -hmm. and then you know but let let her lose the home they'll bulldoze that and then build something bigger Mm -hmm. and then price it almost three times to four times more right you know you know, and, 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 yeah. yes, and we're seeing that we're seeing that happen all over the U.S. It's just not, you know, here in Texas. I mean, Oakland, go ask Oakland what's going on. You right. know, same uh, thing. One of the areas that I saw that was just so uh, which really kind of led me to dig into that was uh, with cosmetologists. You know, I think most of us know cosmetologists I have cosmetologists in my family, uh, friends grew up with them and realizing how difficult it was. For them to get loans of any kind, whether it was a loan to build a shop, whether it was a loan to just renovate a room in a home for a shop, a loan to I got a commercial space and I just want to put some booths in here and I need, you know, $20,000 and um, them continually being told no, Mm -hmm. um, in spite of actually demonstrating, you know, financial responsibility by being in business for years, decades, even uh, putting kids through through school and maintaining a a lifestyle off of uh, maintaining a life um, and a credit profile off off of a cash uh, cash flow business. And um, then seeing those those denials. So I dug a little deeper into the statistics and uh, found that it was, you know, rather, uh, you know, rather, rather disappointing that, you know, 
Uh, but but not surprising mm-hmm. in the amount of the lack of equity when it came to uh, lending to Black-owned businesses and Black small businesses, and uh, which kind of leads me to that next uh, question because I, I, in digging into that, I also, you know, just kind of came across this idea of, um, I, I don't know what it's necessarily coined, but I will coin it myself just of, you know, white-facing your Black-owned business. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I know in Silicon Valley, Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked for a couple of tech companies and a consultant for a couple of tech companies and know it's very common in tech for um, there are a number of black successful black owned uh, tech startups who have had to mask their uh, digital imprint um, so that it is is scrubbed of, of any evidence of you know black ownership because even to the point of uh partners and alternate people listed on websites um because of the discrimination that they face and people not wanting to buy black so that leads me to the question do you believe that uh, black owned businesses uh should openly identify as black owned business and very good question and does it make a difference what industry or sector they service and you know is that still you know, is it should be a pressure there? Like, is that a, if I don't identify as black owned business, is that the business equivalent of cooning? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, what's, what's, yeah. yeah. It, 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 really good question. Really tough question to answer. And I'm going to give you my thoughts on this. And, and uh, before I do, though, Nikki, I, I just, you know, mm-hmm. going back to that 23% lower valuation, yeah, this is the systemic stuff that we're dealing with. And, you know, we've got to yeah. be able to counter this stuff in ways that, you know, we've got to be able to defeat what they're trying to do. And they're trying to protect the lead. They have the lead. Yeah. This is something mm-hmm. that if you grew up playing high school football or, or love football or understand it, you know, there's something that coaches do called protecting the lead. And they'll slow down the game once they get the lead so that the opponent doesn't catch up. And, and this is a, mm-hmm. a a very good tactic. But there's ways to counter that. So now let me, let me get back to Nikki's question. Should my Black-owned business identify as being Black-owned? And, and uh, the short answer to that is yes, but I want to talk about the challenges that you're going to face. The number one challenge that you're going to face is the code. Other communities have a code that they're going to buy from within their community first. They're going to invest within their community first. They'll lend money to their community first. And not that there's anything wrong with that, however, uh, because we, we should be practicing that as well, uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the that stigma, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, black businesses, is just like saying black lives matter. You know, people, yeah. especially non-black people, they that black is the operative word that makes them say, you know, that, that, that makes them angry. Right. And it makes mm-hmm. them- well, and they've historically worked to prevent code from within our community on every level. Right. We, we you know. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. give an example. You know, if there's too many, you know, black folks gathered together in corporate America, you know, somebody's going to oh, say, yeah. okay, we need to break it up. There's too many of That's us right. here. You know, we still had that mindset, many of us do. And, and it was, you know, instilled in us by white supremacy, systems of white supremacy and, and you know, uh, Jim Crow laws, et cetera. Too many people organizing. Let's let's break this up. So with black owned businesses, uh, you know, you want to identify to your community that you are black, that you are black owned. Uh, your community should then in, in turn support you and your business as best way that we can as consumers, as advocates. Uh, but you don't have to yell that you're black owned from the mountaintops, right? Let your community know, 
And, and you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's all that needs to know. Uh, the other uh, advantage of that, not just having community support, is that there are programs that, uh, whether it's a federal government, state government, that, you know, they're looking at minority-owned businesses. Now, part of the problem is that, you know, white women get lumped into the, the term minority. And so yes. we get, you know, sort of marginalized in the process of when they become uh, when they start doling out the benefits. So we don't get the loans, yeah. so we don't get the projects, but they'll go to the white women-owned businesses that are, you know, partnered with their white male husbands or some other white male right. that is tapped into uh, some other resources. So the That's short right. answer is yes, but be prepared to try to work against the code uh, mm-hmm. that says that we don't buy black uh, unless we absolutely have to. Uh, and then you also want to make sure that your community supports you and then do your very best to take advantage of any federal or state opportunities uh, for black owned businesses. Wow. Wow. Man, That's great information. Stuff. This is good. That stuff. is a really, really good information. Um, I, I, I like how you're saying us being an advocate because I am a firm believer in us um you know, again, that's not revolution, but more renaissance and a self-care thing. And I think I'm a firm believer in us thinking soberly, going back to that banking um, stuff. That's what got me into that, that understanding that, um, hey, when you haven't been and being part of corporate, knowing that, you know, when you haven't been appropriately funded, you don't have the luxury of generational experience and knowledge to pass down. So sometimes the quote unquote excellence factor that we kind of, uh, the outward, uh, I don't want to use the word excellence, but an outward polish mm-hmm. that we expect from other businesses. Um, we, there's no way, in other words, Unity Bank's not Chase. Right. They can't be Chase. Chase has profited off of the slave trade. Right. Chase has been around since the beginning of time. Chase has had no barriers to their to their uh, franchising, no barriers to, uh, and, and they've been able to spare no expense whenever it comes to developing their business model mm-hmm. and their people. Mm-hmm. You know, Unity, on the other hand, is local. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that same, you know, luxury. You know, you, you go into the food truck, the Black-owned uh, barbecue stand. No, it's not going to have what Papa's has. Right. Papa's has a whole different... That Papa's system is more funded right. mm-hmm. than, um, than, than theirs. And I think as consumers, we should approach that thing in that manner. There are so many first-generation Black-owned businesses where people are working their business themselves and growing yes. it at the same time. So no, they don't have an assistant manager and a manager and a shift manager and all of that stuff. They're doing it themselves. And as consumers, if we understood that, yeah, it might, it might if, if I go to Sunny Soul Food mm-hmm. and Sonny's employing, you know, his aunt, he's employing the neighbor's kid down the street. He's employing a couple of the people and he has to train them themselves and cook and do his books. She might not have a smile on her face when she's taking my right. order. You know, right. it's just it, you know, so just, you know, now we, we, I think right. we, we have to, to participate that. in that. We, we still gotta work yeah, on we still that. Gotta work. You're right. We gotta work but, on it. But what you just described, Nikki, is is spot on what you know black business focus group to the table is working on. And that is changing the attitudes, behaviors, and the mindsets of first the black consumer. 
If, yes. if we focus in on the black consumer who spends up from $1.3 trillion to $1.7 trillion annually, we, we go to the black consumer and we say, okay, guys, listen, we've got all of these black-owned businesses out there, probably $2.1 million right now in the United States. If we support these businesses, we can double the number of black-owned businesses in our community. And this is what this will do for you. This is the what's in it for me, uh, for the black community. Those yeah. black-owned businesses can then hire from within the black community. So we don't have to deal with the systemic discrimination that goes on in the hiring processes of corporate America. Uh, if, we have, if we double the number of black-owned businesses, so if we just stay in the game long enough and be patient with our black-owned businesses, give them the same amount of time that Coca-Cola has had, give them the same That's amount right. of time that you know, all of these big box companies have had, we, we know that when we compete, we can outperform just about anybody. And, and that's I take right. a look at sports and, and, you know, that's the one thing that we've been boxed into is being an athlete. And so much so to where, you know, we are the top athletes and, and we basically, you know, are the asset for a lot of the leagues that are in development that are uh, currently in existence today. So now let's focus that same energy and emotion and strength and, and focus into our businesses, Nikki, and we change the game. So you brought up Chase uh, versus Unity earlier. One of the mm-hmm. things that you know could be the difference maker in Unity being a Chase is if the black community could abandon the emotional aspect of it and focus on the person. Come on, and, that's right. You know, give you an example. Mike Killer Mike said, "Hey, you know, uh, this is this is BS. Take your money out of State Bank and go and put it in a black-owned bank." And we did that. But then after three months, we had to wait in line. We had to drive all the way to Third Ward or, you know, we couldn't just do an easy transfer. And so we went right back to the uh, predominantly white owned bank. So if we can move away from the emotion and focus on the principle, I guarantee you we can undo a lot of this systemic uh, white supremacy, systemic racism that has put us in the current condition that we're in right now today. That's, that's, that's funny. Awesome. That's funny you said that. I mean, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, I don't. Uh, excuse if I pronounce his name incorrectly because it's quite a task here. But uh, his name is uh, Saku Cullen, and he is a, a program head for J.P. Morgan Chase. And he was quoted as saying that uh, it's going to take a systematic change. You know, if if yeah. uh, if things are going to improve. Uh, and 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 he's speaking on behalf of J.P. Morgan Chase. Yes. So if they're telling you that that's what it's going to take uh, for these things to get right, for us not to be you know cheated twenty three to twenty four percent, you know, on our properties and 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 buildings and and getting these these low ball offers on your historic homes that you purchased, <laughs> mm-hmm. things of this nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- 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 this is the kind of stuff. That, um, you know, that I mentioned uh, to some of my white friends and they just they swear it's like like talking to them about the boogeyman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, know, this doesn't happen. There's no way it can be that. Yes, it is. It's not it's not not just your A plus credit. You have to have someone in there that's going to honestly believe you. They don't. It's not just your credit. You can have A plus credit. As Brian Rice had, mm-hmm. you know, he had a plus credit. He bought eight historical homes. Mm-hmm. They compared his homes 
to farmland that was out of the city 15 miles outside of Birmingham. Right, right. Right. And I, yes. I want you to share that article, too, along with this podcast. It's very powerful. It's very compelling. And notice that a British uh, uh, media company had to write that article. It wasn't written yeah. by, you know, an American company. So yeah. I, oftentimes outsiders have to tell our stories for us. Isn't that something? Right. And so what, what you described, too, again, is that black tax of having to be twice as good to get half the reward. And, and I think what Brian Rice experienced was, you know, even though he was his credit was impeccable, his, his uh, vision and mission for what he wanted to do with those buildings, you know, probably would have made a lot of money. He, he still had to prove. And even though yeah. he didn't get rewarded with it, he still had to prove something above and beyond what our white brothers and sisters have to so, prove. Some exceptionalism. Exceptionalism. You have exceptionalism. And Nikki, you know this. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we have to go to Harvard and Yale to, mm-hmm. you know, get, you know, just the basic type of position in a corporate American job. And, and so right. I think that that exceptionalism is something that, you know, if, if we said, okay, I have to be exceptional anyway, why don't I be exceptional for my community? And why don't I figure out how to rebuild Greenwood and Black Wall Street so that, you know, we don't have to, you know, deal with systemic racism. And, you know, so, so that's the thing that Black Business Focus Group to the table. You know, I want to build that economy that the Black community can rely upon and say, OK, well, we don't need to go to the mainstream economy. We'll still, we'll still be a part of the mainstream economy, but we'll have an economy within a larger economy that works for us. But we got to be patient. We got to stay calm in the pocket, and we got to realize too that this is good. You know, we, we may not see this come to fruition in our lifetimes, but if That's we right. do our part, you know, man, I'm, I'm praying on that. I'm really praying on that. I, I have a, yeah. I have a saying. It's an old football saying. I like football. You know, I, I like to say that ten first downs equal a touchdown, and hmm. and I think that for us, we want the touchdown so bad that if we don't get it, we give up. But if you keep fighting two yards at a time, three yards at a time, mm-hmm. you'll move mm-hmm. the chains. And if you move mm-hmm. the chains, eventually you get to the end zone. So for our community, wow, we got to be patient and we got to stay in this thing and we got to wean ourselves off of, you know, the, the mainstream consumerism and start focusing on where can I find value in our community and we change the whole mm-hmm. game. We've got to get on code. We've got to value it. And, and speaking of that, that patience you were talking about, what do you think? Because I noticed on Blackout Tuesday, um, and I noticed leading up to it, I saw that a lot of our, uh, you know, the groups um, from all over, they imploded with people looking for, you know, uh, Black-owned business, which, which were great. But at the same time, they also imploded with a slew of... Um, I, I would uh, just say, just straight, I hate to use the, the word, but just straight negativity. Um, some of it was over the top. Some of it was legitimate. Um, so so with that being said, with, with people who got service, so what do you think, what, what should consumers, black consumers, mm-hmm. what should we do when we get poor service from a black-owned business? Should we just move on to the next thing? Should we write a review? Should we write the business? How would you suggest we handle um you know the these incidences as black consumers knowing we got to rebuild in a black economy mm-hmm. what do we do yeah. you know and also not settling you right. know right yeah 
Glad you asked that, Nikki. And, and I, I too, I, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of taken aback with the number of groups that popped up out of nowhere, seemingly, you know, in, in this movement. Uh, you mm. know, some of them even partnered with some of the mainstream directories, which, yeah. you know, which is okay. I, you know, I understand you want to make some money and that's good and that's great. Uh, but don't let the mainstream community take advantage of your community. And, and I think that that's, that's what has happened in, in some of these instances. So some of the larger directories used some of the black owned business directories to, to get businesses listed at, at their uh, directory. Uh, but I don't mm-hmm. want to go too much into that. Uh, yeah. But, but the, what, what happened is we had during a short amount of time, the blackout period, which we'll continue to do, uh, mm-hmm. you know, across various directories, uh, like to the table and, and uh, my black receipt and others. Uh, is we had a large number of people try to squeeze themselves into some of these small black-owned businesses over a short mm-hmm. period of time. Yeah, and a lot of these businesses don't have the capacity to handle such a great influx, and so naturally, service quality is going to be the first thing to go into decline. So here's my recommendation to all black consumers, all of your listeners that are listening tonight: as you go out, you make the commitment going to change your lifestyle to buy black make the commitment make the uh black business focus group commitment or to the table commitment to say i'm going to buy black at a minimum three times a month three times a month and then that way the companies that are out there they're going to be able to absorb that capacity now over time i'll ask you to increase your your commitment four times five times six times or however many you can but you slowly, gradually build the capacity, or the businesses do, so that they can absorb that consumer demand. And then you'll find that the complaints and negativity will then reduce because now the businesses are able to grow responsibly. Uh, they can take on those additional orders. They can hire delivery drivers. They can, you know, get the, the, the supply and materials that they need in a, in a timely manner. All of those things change, but for us as consumers, it's that buy black muscle that I was telling you guys about, you know, start with the three reps, the four reps, the five reps. Yeah. As you're increasing, they're going to increase their capacity. So now what I want you to do when you have a, a positive experience, go on Facebook, go on, you know, your social right. media platform and tell the world about that positive That's experience. That's right. Now, when you That's have right. a negative experience, and this is what we do at To The Table, I want you to log that transaction. I want you to log all your transactions, but I want you to write a review. Now, that review, it doesn't go to anybody at to the, uh, to the table. It doesn't go to, to the business owner. They don't get a chance to see it. But what we now have is an actionable uh, piece of information. You know, if you go into a restaurant and it smells like mop water, Nikki says, okay, I went in there. The chicken was good, but it smelled like mop water. You know, that's now mm-hmm. a part of this review. I can then take that review and go to the business owner and say, hey, look, you know, uh, Nikki said it smelled like mop water. She was here on Saturday at 10 o'clock. You know, now he has something or she has something that business owner, they can create a plan to address that one issue. And they can then say, okay, well, I got to rewrite the policy that says I must put in fresh mop water anytime I'm mopping the establishment. And you Uh do that. And after about 30 days, 45 days, you know, 90 days, business owner comes back to me and says, hey, Philip, we changed our processes. Please go and tell Nikki that we've updated everything. I didn't go back to Nikki. I said, hey, Nikki, they took care of business. Go check them out. Nikki goes back, verifies it. You know, she's bought another meal and she feels comfortable because there's now 
you know, a process, a systematic and disciplined process in place to strengthen that business, as well as improve the relationship between black consumers and black owned businesses. That's what we yeah. want to do it to the table, black business focus group. Uh, you know, we're not just in it for the money. I'm not just in it for the money. This is, this is, I, I want to see this thing so that my children, your children, they start their own businesses instead of running out into corporate America and working Amen. with the same racism that we work through. I want them to yep. start their own businesses. Well, exactly. you know, feel not to come behind that good word like that. But I gotta <laughs> put my two pits in for consumers. Here thing that I would just like to uh for black consumers to not do is when if you get a poor product, poor service, by mm-hmm. all means share, let us know. Mm-hmm. However, when you share, don't say, see this why. I don't mm. fool with black businesses now. Right. This yeah. is why black yeah. folks blah blah blah. It's yeah. like right treat that black owned business yeah. the same way you would Walmart or anywhere else Thank where you. you receive receive poor service. Exactly. Do not attach uh anti blackness and see this why black folk can't thing yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. That's that's and that's the part of being on code that I believe that that we need to to establish that we understand that we don't buy into and we were we purposely refuse to give uh that life to the reason that I can't shop with 2.1 million right. businesses right. is because uh that black one. people are inferior yeah. and incapable of running a business right that, you know we're inferior and we can't do things right now now Nikki, so, Nikki yeah. why do we all know that one statement that one statement and that now and it all starts that's with it that. now see that's why i don't fool with black people yeah that's yeah. it and, yeah. and then we apply it to every black owned business all 2.1 million of them out there and it's like you had one bad experience on one day with mm-hmm. one black owned business well, mm-hmm. and half the time it don't be a bad experience you got three flats and you asked for four so stop yeah. <laughs> you know, so they, my gave thing, you, my thing, they gave you four drummies and two right. flats, yeah. and you wanted all flats, yeah. and you know, an extra lemon pepper. Mm. So now you are running down people of color. That, that, that's funny you say that. The yeah. order was wrong. Yeah. That's um, funny you, you say know. that. Yeah. And it's sad because I, I have seen out of the, the things I saw, I saw maybe. I saw some legit ones, especially with some of the pop-up businesses, but actually those legit ones were actually handled properly. Mm -hmm. Most of the ones that I saw that were a little outlandish and over the top and almost offensive, even though I'm not a business owner, were ones that were like, okay, y'all, come on. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we and we got to refrain from uh, getting into name-calling and and gestures that you know that give that type of sentiment as well like 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 y'all said uh you know when when someone starts off with now you see that's why we don't do that and then you can complete the sentence you know we normally go in there with like you say emotion because that Mm -hmm. that is what drives us we are we are an emotional spiritual uh people i don't care what people say about that that is in our dna Mm -hmm. but it is we have to look outside of that Uh, and, 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 and to, uh, uh, move forward. Uh, but the other thing that we can't do is like, like Nikki said, you go in <laughs> and, and you, I know y'all have seen this, you go in and say they got a restaurant and I mean, it's a $10 plate. Mm-hmm. Now you don't go, you don't go into any, 
uh, other restaurant uh, A or B or C or Z and say, hey, you know, I, I feel like you should give me uh, two extra wings right. on this plate for ten dollars. You know, or, you know, can you can you triple my mashed potatoes? Right. You know, at no cost, you know, right. things like that. Um, I think that that's very important uh, to highlight as well. That's that's just not how we need to treat each other. We do need to encourage each other. As you stated earlier, Philip, we do need to be an advocate. But not only that, we need to encourage and uplift each other. Yes. And I yeah. think that is one of the biggest things uh, going back to challenges uh, in our communities. I don't know why it's so hard for us to smile at each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when, when you see one that's moving in the right direction, not to get jealous and not to get envious mm-hmm. of that, because the same blessings that that person is getting, you have your own blessing to get. Right. Yeah. Right. But you got to have your you got to have your hands open. You know what I mean? Speaking of that, Bishop, I want to, you know, Philip, let help um help the black owned businesses out there that are listening um know you know you know maybe what they can do to take their business to the next level but also how um a seat at the table supports how yes. can how can they connect how can you support that what do you do um and what services are you offering for them to take their businesses to the next level and just kind of what what's your advice for some uh, uh you know black owned businesses and then let's tell us about your mojo to what you do. <laughs> That's right. And we're going we're going we're going to end it on that. And and tomorrow I will I will promise you I will put the link uh to to that your page on our page and share it. Uh Philip, Perfect. but go ahead, you have the last word. Perfect. Again, I want to thank you both for this amazing podcast and and you know, I I I just I'm I'm a fan. You know, it's just like watching Jamel Hill, you know, the the combination of what you all are doing is amazing. Now, let me, let me address this question. What can mm-hmm. black owned businesses do? And, you know, I, I know that you all had a conversation about Chick-fil-A and, and I believe it was Dan Truitt uh, a mm-hmm. while ago on the podcast. <laughs> Very yeah. good podcast. But Chick-fil-A is the standard bearer for customer service and customer mm-hmm. service is so important right now, uh, in particular for black owned businesses. We have a huge opportunity as black owned businesses to uh, increase our, our, our market share simply by working on customer service. That is the smile. That is the follow-up. That is the, you know, the, the clean environment. That is the locationing. Uh, that is the, the hours of operation. That customer service is so important. What we do at the black business focus group is we provide consumers for black owned businesses. I'm literally throwing warm body consumers at black owned mm. businesses. Yeah. That is the number one service that I have for black owned business. I'm trying to you know, get everybody in a line on a monthly basis, 17,500 people to buy black three times. If I'm sending you that many people, please treat them with respect. Treat them just like you would treat anyone else. Make sure that they get value for their dollar. Make sure that that dollar is then going back into our community. Continue to do your part in that regard and watch as our community support grows. Our group grows at a rate of 2,500 members per month. Uh, We intentionally keep our membership uh, low and manageable so that we get the right people that have the right attitude, behavior, and belief that if we support Mm -hmm. Black-owned businesses enough, that they will grow, they will double in size, and they will take care of our 
is that no other person, no other group can take care of our community. So continue to focus on customer service. Check out the Black Business Focus Group on uh, Facebook. Don't go anywhere else. Go to Facebook. Check out Black Business Focus Group. Uh, if you're a consumer and you want to be an advocate, join that group. Uh, flex your buy black muscle every single month and stay in the game. Stay in the pocket. Ten first downs equals a touchdown. And we need people that are like-minded that want to build the black community and not tear right. it down. Wow. Ugh, profound. Profound. Once again, ladies and Amazing. gentlemen, this is, this is Philip, Philip Dunn. Uh, I would not have even brought him onto this podcast if I didn't believe in, in every word that he just uttered. Uh, this man has passion. This man has a purpose. Yep. <clears throat> I spoke to him a few years ago and I saw where he was going with this and what he's building. And uh, I just have to encourage you, Philip, just keep going, keep moving forward continue to uh uh you know the stay strengthened in the lord and continue to be that husband that you are for the family i mean because you're doing a lot of wonderful things as well and uh and uh so i i I see you and i admire you for that so just continue to to do what you're doing man because i mean it's you're needed you are very much needed and you're a big inspiration to many of us if you've never heard that before which i'm sure you have you're hearing it again tonight so again, yes you are it, yes and again yes, nikki are. is the truth uh y'all i just want to thank y'all uh for giving me your energies and your spirit uh tonight again nikki thank you for your time because again yes, you didn't sure. have to do it and uh philip our motto is each one reach one to teach one uh until lazy adrian uh decides to uh come up with a different model uh or nikki decides to get creative but that's what the model is at this at this point in time. So, you know, I just want to thank you all for your time. And uh, again, uh, this uh, uh, all of his information will be on the podcast page. We do have the Strange Fruit podcast page on our Facebook uh, page as well. So check that out. And uh, y'all take care and be blessed. All right. Thank you. Thank family. you, guys. All right. Yes. It's our time. Good night. It's up to us. So that means it's up to you. Thank you guys for having me tonight. Thank you. There you go. Thank you so All much. All right. You got it, man. Y'all take care. Thank you for listening to the Strange Fruit Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, like it, share it, and also check out our Facebook page, the Strange Fruit Podcast Facebook page. Thank you.